Whoa, hang on a second, Justin. What's the name of our show again? Golazo listeners, and welcome to an international episode of Football Friends. Oh, friend! <laughs> international friend! <laughs> Hi, Justin. Hey, How bro, are you, how's mate? it going? <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Justin? I'm good. I'm good, I'm good. How are you, bro? I'm doing pretty good, mate. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, as you've gathered, uh, listeners, we do it. we're doing a little bit of a special episode tonight. We're filming, uh, filming, recording from both New Zealand and Australia, uh, which is nice, Justin. I feel that there's a more it multicultural is. aspect to the show. It is. It is very multicultural tonight. Um, you've been eating some Italian in New Zealand, and I've been eating some Indian here in <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> Oh, yes, lovely. Uh, and, geez, I'm excited because you've just broken some massive news to me. I have, I have. Well, the news will break by the time our listeners and our friends will listen to this, but I hopped in the car just about to message you to, to say, let's, let's do this, and heard the news that I've been saying all season, Mourinho, gone, sacked as Man United manager. That's huge, mate. So that's surely Mourinho gone from the Premier League, which is a sad thing. Yeah, look, I, I can't see him ever returning, to be honest. Um, maybe a third stint at Chelsea down the track, who knows? Who knows? But um, before yeah, we get look, into, we've been banging on about it. You have, but before we get into that, because I think we can uh, we can talk about what well, that, will be on the show, and that'll yeah, be part of that, yeah. obviously. But um, first, and, first and foremost, uh, let's give a little plug to Football Friends. Uh, social media. We're active on our social media. Uh, you can... Yeah, we're going to be even more active now that we're on Christmas holidays, Sam, aren't we? <laughs> yep, we will. We will, Justin. <laughs> it's been a bit busy end of the year. We've probably let it go a little, but yeah, we will be all over I'm it. I'm sorry about that. It's largely my fault. <laughs> um, but so you can find us on Instagram at footballfriends underscore podcast. And where can they, whereabouts on Twitter? And on Twitter, it's at underscore football friend, all one word after the underscore. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, very active, I'd say, in the next three weeks with not a lot of work going on, just relaxing over there. In, well, I'm, I'm off to NZ on Wednesday, as you know. So, yeah. And as we both know, there's a beautiful country, but not a whole lot going on. So we'll be on social media <laughs> quite a bit. All right, mate, we're trying to promote New Zealand here, not bring it down. So let's <laughs> skip over that. <laughs> so... So tonight, listeners, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good episode. We've got uh, our weekly review. Obviously, we've had games that are coming thick and fast prior to Christmas. There's been a few blockbusters, including Liverpool versus United. We'll be covering them all. We're even going to be covering Huddersfield versus Newcastle. Um, yeah, which is which, yep, is, which is which is just great. Early to, to yes. Watch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> weekly football friend and foe, where Justin, we can pick our best and worst performers of the week. Uh, and what did you want to have as our discussion topic this week? Well, it's clearly got to be Mourinho. It's There's no be. real question, just the man himself. He is that special that he is just the topic. We'll try <laughs> and, we might even, I might even get you to just give us a five minute timer and we can just go for it for five to yeah. ten, maybe seven minutes. We'll give ourselves a seven minute Mourinho <laughs> uh, rant fest to, oh. to get it all off our chest since he's leaving the league. Um, so he will be our, our special topic of the week. 
And then, yeah, we'll finish off with the multi in competition, which unfortunately didn't get a win for, for FBL Kega last week. But no. I've got some very juicy winnings coming up for our friends. Um, over $100 up for grabs, uh, which you'll hear more about at the end of the show. Mate, that, sounds, that sounds lovely. That sounds, that sounds bloody lovely. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's that's keep... what I do for us. <laughs> that's, where, that's how you bring home this bacon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, should we kick straight into it? The first first Let's game. Go. I, first game I watched was Chelsea's game. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but Hazard was brought in through the middle with their mm. uh, central striking crisis, and, and he was good. He was really good, playing away to, to Cardiff. Cardiff and playing well. Oh no, to Brighton. I oh, sorry, to Brighton, not to Cardiff. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was a bad start. Um, <laughs> and he he was he played well. I thought he held the ball up well. Bought in Pedro for the first goal. Mm. Um, I think this could be Chelsea's formation for the rest of the season, presuming they don't replace Morata in January. Yeah, like he was, he was very good um, there, and he's done it before. I, I don't necessarily think they'll, they'll stick with it time and time again. I think he can get shut out playing that role permanently. Mm. Um, they definitely need to to look at a more permanent option. Um, mm. Is it better than Morata? Oh, probably. Probably is. Oh, two, um, two goals or so a season's not hard to improve yeah, on. Yes. Yeah. And he, I think what you got to think, though, with the Giroud, Morata, uh, target man things, do they get more out of Hazard playing off them than they do, say, Willian and Pedro playing off Hazard? Um, individually, he's probably better than them in the role, mm. but he's the star man. So if you're getting your most out of him with one of them, well, you just got to kind of grin and bear it and hope that you eventually sign a, a top-class striker. But um, I thought Brighton were they were completely outplayed. They are good at home, um, but then they plucked that goal back. You just you just felt like you never know. You know they yeah. they started to get into the game a little. Um, Chelsea was shaky. Yeah, Alonso was probably lucky to stay on the pitch. Yeah. Mind you, he probably doesn't make the second challenge if he got a yellow for the first. But even the first went mm. the strain. Um, could have been a straight red then and there. Mm. Um, but good result for Chelsea. Um, back after the, the City win, backed it up with a, a good away victory here. Mm. It's hard. Like you, you said at the start, it's hard going to Brighton. Brighton have been in good form. They're a good team. That's Yeah, that's where they get. I'd say probably 80, 90% of their points from. They're, they're woeful away. Um, but they're never really getting sucked right into that chat around relegation. So they're doing enough at home to to just be around that 12th, 13th mark, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. They, yeah. I, um, I've taken, I'm going to point this, I've taken notes out of order. So for the OCDs amongst us, um, <laughs> these, my notes are not in order. So I don't Get know. Get yourself what, a stiff drink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you want to, where you want to move next in terms of the discussion. No, no, you, you just roll with it. Cause I, as you know, I'm back driving, back okay. Uber driving, dropped okay. our good friend Tom off. So shout out to Tom when he has a listen to this. <laughs> oh, so he's with you now or is he already? No, no, I just dropped him off. Oh, just okay. dropped him off. Tom after, just missed out. So, yeah. Missed out on the guest appearance. Yeah, look, we were going. It just wasn't a long enough drive from where we were. So, mm, yeah. special shout out to Tom. <laughs> hey, Tom, how are you? <laughs> Hope you're well, <laughs> mate. Hope you're well. <laughs> um, all right. Well, next on my card was Arsenal's game. Um, bit of a blockbuster, a thriller, and um, 
and the first sort of mark of authority from Hasenhutl. Uh, yeah, getting was a, a getting a win. Yeah, it was a very um, I wouldn't say comprehensive win. They just had a bit of system and belief about themselves. Um, they had the strikers score three goals in a game, probably for the first exactly. time in living memory. But they were. I don't know if that's going to be their style every game, but I think it's more of a. He saw the team lineup and thought they had got one centre back and they're trying to play three centre back, three at the back. Yeah. I'm going to put as many crosses into the box as early as possible, and they will just lose our strikers every time, and that's what happened. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what happened. You got Lichtenstein or whatever his name is, who championship footballer. Well, he's a aging right wing back. He doesn't have the height. He's like a, a shit as Pelliqueta. He's just terrible. <laughs> like and they try to convert Don't hold him back. into a, try to convert him into a right sided centre back. Like, come on. And then yeah, Koscielny's first game back. Um, and then Xhaka was playing left sided centre back. Mm. Like, so he's yeah, he did it, but he did it not in a hoofball sort of way. Like they they started with Ings, who isn't. He's good in the air, but he's not beast of a striker no um but they just played good early crosses that ings would lose the three of them which he did on both occasions and he scored two goals and charlie austin at the end yeah and it, it was a well-earned victory i mean arsenal is a struggle i mean it's 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 unfair right i mean like you said they got no no center back so um emery could only do what he had to work with um so it's tough on them, I think, when you one fit centre back. Geez, we'd all struggle with just one fit centre back. Yeah, but you yeah. probably probably should be best only playing with two centre backs. A formation that only has two, not yeah. requires three. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, it is unfortunate. And Lichtenstein, as a backup right back, he's perfectly fine. Um, back three, but not so being much. Being forced into a makeshift centre back, he's probably under six foot tall. Mm. Um, I just thought it was. I don't know if the unbeaten run had made them a little arrogant in we want to play this way and this way only. Yeah, 22 or, unbeaten. Or what it was, but it just seemed a bit bit silly. Um, mm. And again, Southampton just giving away um, a poor couple of poor goals. I think it was Romeo dwelled on the ball, Lacazette won it back, got deflected and went in. And then um, the winning goal, what what your thoughts on that? You've seen a... A German blonde goalkeeper be <laughs> shit for many years, so you might be the expert to take this. Not many years, not many years, but it's interesting because um, uh, he's not the only goalkeeper that made a glaring error this year. You know, Allison also made a big error that led to a straight to a goal, but I think Leno's getting crucified a bit more, A, because he was pretty shaky throughout the game, which is a bit unfair because he had a terrible, uh, not to hold back, a terrible <laughs> a three in front of him. Um, and it's just that the you know that blunder cost them the game, as opposed yeah. to Allison's where it didn't. I and I, think so I feel for him a bit that it's cost I the team, and therefore it sort of seems to be magnified. I do, a bit and it, I, I do, and I don't. We've I've raised it on this uh, podcast. I think after you guys played them, that yeah. I can kind of I kind of get a carrier sense about him with crosses. Yeah, I like, agree. I don't think he seems he he doesn't seem doesn't seem comfortable. He doesn't seem like a top goalkeeper yet. No, I agree. I think he looks like he has some fundamental flaws in his game dealing with crosses. Yeah. Um, 
No, it's not necessarily uh, being weak going for them. It's being, I think, goes for them poorly. Like, yeah, you know, at poor choice of times. Um, yeah, a couple of times does flap it. Yeah, bad positioning. I don't think it's a. I think some young, or young goalkeepers when they they're bad under crosses, it's because they're just hardening up their bodies mm. and their minds. I don't think that's his issue. Yeah, I don't think that's his issue, which is is worse because yeah, that will you'll grow. That De Gea grew out of that. Um, this is just I think more of a technique and not being that good at that part of the game, mm. um, which would be very nice for for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Now that we. <laughs> Uh, next game, mate, that I was uh, tuning into was City's game. Um, normal service resumes for them. Jeez, uh, we really are going back to front here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. Are you really? Uh, I think I must have genuinely watched Sunday's games before Saturdays. So yeah, oh, I'm, in New, Zealand. I'm in New Zealand. I'm in New Zealand. I'm in New Zealand. But but hey, Zeus, two goals. You know, after after having some pretty tough times of it to the point where. They were picking Sterling in the <laughs> false nine position. So two goals back in form at probably the wrong time for them, given Aguero yeah. and De Bruyne are both back in. Um, yeah. what what? I know we say this every week, so maybe we should say more than nothing, but geez, City are just ominous. Yeah. I think this was kind of a from Pep putting his hand up to say, look, my bad. Made the wrong choice last week playing without a striker. Kind of like what we spoke about with, with the Hazard situation. Two wingers off a striker. Yeah, the striker might not be scoring, but that's a better outcome. And, and what do you know? That striker that hasn't been scoring ends up scoring. Um, they just looked better. Uh, they're a bit more structured with him up there. and um, well, I, I still think they, were, they weren't at their, their very best that we've seen them. This season so far, I think they right. yeah. they capitalised on a couple of uh, big mistakes from Everton. I think they scored from their first chance as well. Yuri Mina playing out from the back, terrible. Not not his forte. No, um, he was poor. That's, that's I thought what, in general. Yeah, yeah. I think Zuma as well had a couple of moments. Like didn't really have the urgency to to block the cross for. I think it was. Might have been Sterling's goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it was Sterling's goal. Um, just didn't track Fernandinho um, with the sort of intensity you want out of your centre back. So, yeah, while City, you know, looks good three-one, I think yeah. Marco Silva's got every reason to feel pretty annoyed at a couple of his his key centre backs for mm. just kind of bowing down a little bit to the to the pressure of. Playing at uh, the Etihad under against the the probably the best team in the league. Well, maybe the second best team in the league, but we'll skip over that. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, next on my list, mate, I had Palace's game. Palace won a game without Wilfred Zaha playing at all, which is and won at home. It's a miracle, isn't it? I... Yeah, Santa's in town in <laughs> South London. <laughs> That's exactly right, man. Not only did they win with a win at home, but uh, the goal that they scored was just an outstanding number. Mm. Uh, yeah, look, I 
read something funny. They've they've been pretty poor for a few seasons now, Palace, but <laughs> they're um they must just wish they played Leicester every week. I think they're on aggregate it's like nine nil yeah. over the past three games. Yeah, that's or four games, isn't it? Um so that's just yeah, one of those bizarre little quirks of the, the fixture and the way teams line up against each other, I guess. Mm. Um, I don't even think they've had, I don't even know, but I've been Hodgson versus Puel for all of those games. Um, just one of those those things that you just have the wood over them and, yeah, happy for the Palace fans. They, they deserve, well, they, they probably didn't get good football out of the game, but they deserve some victories and, and to feel good about themselves. It's been a struggle. Yeah, and they were up, you know, this goal was on the, the sort of the 22nd minute, so to hold on for the whole game is encouraging to see they didn't just throw it away. But for Puel, like you said, I mean, it seems like they always win one, draw one, lose one, so he gets no momentum. And, yeah. Um, if it wasn't for our discussion topic of Mr Mourinho for later on, I think I'd have been putting him as next cab mm. off the rank and out the door. I think, I think he's now definitely next cab off the rank. He's um they've won two out of their past ten, so that's pretty poor. I know they've had a a pretty traumatic season um, as a club, so maybe that might see him see it out to the end of the year, as long as they don't drop right down the table. Um, but yeah, they're they're really struggling a little bit. Mm. Um, yes, sorry, I'm just trying to muffle some noise that's coming from. <laughs> Yeah, from the sheep. <laughs> not the sheep, not the sheep, something similar. <laughs> it's a rural, I am in rural New Zealand. Uh, we're recording from, where am I recording from? Uh, oh, Fox Glacier is where we are today. Oh, nice. Uh, nice and exotic. Yeah. <laughs> also exotic <laughs> is uh, Newcastle's Spanish manager masterminding another victory for Newcastle. <laughs> There was nothing exotic about this match at all. <laughs> I thought you liked my like the segue though. <laughs> yeah, look, this was a real struggle um, for Huddersfield to break down the Newcastle defence. Um, mm. You know, the, the Benitez. It's what he's what he's good at doing. He can get them yeah. very organised. I think they're starting to get a bit more continuity in their selection, so he's able to to set them up. Um, pretty well and Huddersfield without Moy and who was the other they were missing someone else out injured too oh, the central and, midfielder yeah I can't remember who it was now um, basically once you take them two out of the team it's a probably a mid-table championship side <laughs> let alone just a championship oh, yeah. good championship side um, they they just make an attack like that to Potra and Steve Mounier still haven't scored a Premier League goal this season. They've scored about 13 all calendar year or just something ridiculously bad. Um, so while credit should go to, to Benitez, a lot of teams are, are seeing off Huddersfield or keeping a clean sheet against them. Yeah, that's true. That's, so do you think that a game like this sort of consigns Huddersfield to what could be championship fate? Yeah, I, I think... They needed um, bodies in over the summer that were at a level above Aaron Moy. Or at um, least equal to. That would be brilliant for them. Yeah. They needed probably one above or at his level and at least another one or two kind of pushing to his level mm. um, 
and it's just nothing really there to make you inspired to think that they can, you know, pull off. You just couldn't pick them with confidence in any game, any game against anyone, Fulham, whatever. Um, just could not, and I don't think you'll ever see them picked in the Football Friends multi. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean they're really going to get relegated? Probably. That's a spoiler. That's a spoiler for people looking to pick the multi before the end of the episode. <laughs> a little bit. Um, all right. Uh, next, uh, I had Watford. Watford's game, and they played fantastically. Mm. Delafeu was just outstanding. He was unplayable uh, in this game. Potentially, probably the best game yep. I think I've ever seen him play. Goal, assist, and then that weird thing where you say the pass before the assist. Yeah, um, but, but and even um, yeah, even Pereira was. Well, I don't think he got a goal or assist, but mm. as good as a game as you can get without having one. Mm. Um, the yeah, he had a couple of good saves from his shots made, and um, they, they nearly threw it away at the end. Like it reminds of, me of normal Liverpool playing just cruising, and then in ten minutes just letting a team score yeah, and come back was, in. A cracker of a goal to three one, and then the, the scramble, and from the long throw to three two, and then from there, you never know. It would have been completely undeserved. Like they deserve to walk out three nil winners, let alone three one. Um, mm. Yeah, he's he's doing a really underrated job. He'd be in my probably pick top three for for manager of the season, uh, Javi Garcia. Mm. Yeah, he, that's a good call. He's been. He's been great, considering how bad Watford have been over the years, you know, with their chopping and changing of managers and yeah, players. Well, I think they've changed their recruiting strategy around a little bit too. They used to just go to Granada or Udinese, whoever the, the clubs that the Pozzo family had owned, and, <laughs> and signed guys that just weren't made for, for the English league. They've now, yeah. um, I can't remember, is it Keener? And there's another midfielder who, they were getting their first starts this past game, they signed one from West Ham's kind of Semer? youth. Semma, yeah. Mm. One was from like West Ham's youth slash reserve team, and the other one's from Oosterans. Uh, might be my pronouncing might be a bit off there, but sounded pretty good. Just yeah, they just looked at their kind of capabilities and physical attributes and thought about it a bit smarter than I think they have in the past. Mm. Um, and they've backed their manager in. They've they've signed him to a, a new contract, um, given him a bit more say on who to bring in, and and now he's actually able to kind of come up with a bit of a style. Generally, has been playing kind of a, a four four two, like a narrow four four two. Here he played um, a bit more four two three one, but even then, Delafeu and and Pereira kind of still played as a, a second striker at times. Along with you know De- Dini, success, mm. Gray at times up there. He's he's building a style that mm. and sticking to it, and it's working for them. Yeah, I've been I'm... very very impressed. They're up there with kind of Bournemouth for the surprise packet of the season and, and manager of the the season outside the, the big six. Yeah, and I suppose talking of. Um perhaps not surprise packets, but certainly teams outside the top six playing well. Wolves making three wins on the bounce yeah, against yeah. Bournemouth. They played very well, I thought. Yeah, they dominated Bournemouth, mm. They, who's now kind of fallen, fallen away a little bit in the past five or six games. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, this could have been more than 2-0. Wolves were very, very good. Yeah, um, I mean, and Bournemouth played okay. They had shots. I know a lot of them were speculative. They did yeah. Hit, they did hit the bar. They played they, did, they played pretty well. But Wolves, like you say, just controlled the game. Yeah, and I think this is kind of also back to the fact of they've recruited a side not to, not to lose these games, like to kind of just be better than Bournemouth. Just straight up, yeah. we're going to be better than Bournemouth. Like, yeah. we're going to expect to beat Bournemouth first season up. Um, and then you look at Cardiff and Fulham. They're not going to go into those games at all with that level of confidence. Yeah. So, um, and Nuno, yeah, shout Nuno out to him. And, some credit for that, I guess. No, he does. It does. And well, it obviously helps having the quality signed that they've got. But he's found a style. He's still got guys in the side like Matty Doherty who were there when Wolves got relegated last time. Yeah. So it's not all the Mendes effect. Um, so he definitely has to take some credit for that. Mm. Mm. Um, and now Wolves only one point behind United, Manchester United, that is. In, yeah. In well, seventh or so, I suppose. I guess, yeah, that's that's true. Maybe uh, Nuno could be the new manager in the, the off-season. <laughs> Maybe. Um Three games left in the round. The first of them, uh, I think all I need to say is that Fulham are in a lot of trouble. They're in a whole heap of trouble. Yes. Um, you know, yes, they, indeed. Uh, to, to me, I think we talked in the off-season about West Ham and we said they made a lot of changes, including the manager. Uh, it was going to take some time for them to bet it and they would do well. I think the same is almost said of Fulham, apart from they've got way too many changes, including about five in defence by itself. They brought in a new manager in Ranieri about two games ago, and I just—it seems to me like there's just too much happening for them to be able to get any semblance of control in their season before it's too late. Yeah, I agree. I think I think what's been surprising a little on the other side of it's how quickly West Ham's now. I think it's three in a row they've won and yeah. shot right up the table and look uh, more assured. Um, so there is hope, and the thing is, if the table stays close enough and Ranieri finds his um, groupie trust that, that maybe they can survive, go on a run, win four or five in a row. Um, but like you say, I think there's been way too many new faces come into that mm. side. And it's kind of why I think Jokanovic was on a hiding to nothing all yeah. along was they just don't know how to who to play with who. And um, it's going to be the same for Ranieri. It's just going to... I think maybe even be worse than if they kept Jokanovic. You know, it, it might take a new manager 15, 20 games to work it out. Well, you sack your manager after 10, the next guy is going to need 15, 20 games yeah, exactly. to work it out with that many new faces. Um, and before you know it, it's 30 games into the season and, and you're way, way back. Yeah. Um, that's where I see their season going, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I completely agree. I think the only thing that might be able to save them is if other teams are even worse. But they're already three points, only three points off. No, so it's still close enough. I think if nothing changes drastically in the next six, then, yeah, it's a real alarming science because they could be six-plus points away. Because um, everyone's kind of picking up little bits here and there, but if they only pick up less than three points over the next five games, mm. three points or less, then, yeah, you could see how they could end up falling too far behind yeah yeah next on our hit list we've got Spurs leaving it very late which must have made you pretty happy against Burnley 
Yeah, look, I um, I never feel comfortable after we get a good result in the Champions League or against a good team. Um, mm. So after we beat United, lost to Watford, after we beat Chelsea, lost to Arsenal. Um, and so here, getting through during the week, pretty tough game against Barcelona um, and pretty ordinary conditions that we were playing in it at Wembley. This was set up for... For Burnley to do what they did, and they, they uh, credit to them. I'm, I don't ever um, kind of be disrespectful to a side that just plays for a point away from home that is inferior. Um, Burnley's got to do what they've got to do for themselves, not for, for the game of football. And so they set up basically in a 5-4-1, um, wasting time in the first half, wasting time from the 60th. And, and it nearly worked for them. But hmm. in the end, we, we had to kind of resort to bringing Lorente on and, and start hoofing it up because it was pissing down rain. It just wasn't wasn't happening for us. The ball was just falling that little bit the wrong side of people. Um, Son had a had a good chance that just went wide. I think Bardsley stopped Dali Alley from tapping in at the far post for one. And it just looked like being one of those days. But we brought Lorente on, um, played a long ball up. He, he kind of drew a couple of defenders in and Kane then held it up and laid it off to, to Ericsson to score, his, score another late goal. Um, great win uh, in the scheme of things, but definitely not one for the, yeah, for the archives, I'd say. It's no, not going to end up on Premier League classics. <laughs> no, but like you say, I mean, geez, all that matters is you manage to get three points after a big, yeah. hard away game and... And like Pochettino said after the game, it's that kind of thing that's just so encouraging. It, you know, I mean, I get it. I get it's the 91st minute, but if anything, that makes it even more impressive than if the, you'd scored in the fourth minute and then you know be on the ground at the worst. Yeah, yeah, and I think the rotations got to keep happening. So we got Arsenal in a couple of days and Everton a few days after that. So you know, there's that continuity that we're saying that. The, the bottom sides aren't being able to pick the, the same guys every week. We probably see that happen at the top sides. They're in a lot of competitions that don't have that do have to rotate. They're not going to be at their best every single time when they're making four or five changes each each every three days. Mm. Um, I think that's happening with us a little. We've got a few injuries in midfield, and yeah, basically it's a, a different three or four behind. Or with Harry Kane, um, we just rotate one or two out of the three behind him each game. So they're they're just not at their ten out of ten best. I'd, I'd say. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Um, but speaking of ten out of ten, there is only one team in first place uh, at the moment after seventeen games, and that's Liverpool, which is just it amazing. Is. It is. Is that the? That's our next game, is it? It's our last one of the round. It's wow. the last one I wanted to talk Let about. Let you kick, <laughs> kick off this one, Sam. It's all yours. I um, had a couple of things to say, but obviously some of it's outdated now. Uh, firstly, more to the post-match, I guess, well, that was how I wrote my notes, was Mourinho walking out of his interview shows it didn't go very well, both as one sort of on the pitch and then in the dressing room. Uh, and obviously, as we'll talk about later, that obviously really shows it didn't go well. Um, Pogba, that's obviously been in the 
talked about quite a lot. Didn't even get on the pitch after being on the yep. bench. Why Fred. Even, why even bother bringing him on the bench? Not even the match day squad, Fred. Yeah, 52 um, million. Yeah, I, I had uh, friends. I had messaged Justin before the game because I was very concerned about our right-hand side with Klein coming in after not playing for so long and thought he needed a lot of help in both Fabinho and Milner. Only one of them started in Fabinho who was brilliant, and I'll, I'll talk about him more later. Um, but, I, yeah, I just think it was, we dominated. We dominated the game, and Mourinho said afterwards about, uh, you know, we, we got lucky with our two goals when they were in not in control but comfortable, which is probably a fair reflection because we had, a, you know, Lovren and Van Dijk taking shots from 30 yards, which is exactly what they want. But we just absolutely dominated the game. Sure, we were frustrated for some of it, but 36 shots to six... Um, is is a lot. It's a it's a lot, and uh, I just thought we were brilliant, especially when, like we're saying with the Spurs game, that we were able to uh, play a tough game. You know, a must-win Champions League game against Napoli. Come through that, uh, and then back up here and, and dominate like we did. I was I was very happy. And um, yeah, have every reason to be. Um, I thought you guys had tear them to pieces a little bit more. Um, I like Mourinho saying, look, there obviously is an element of luck in the goals. They're yeah. both deflected. But of course. You're to, you kind of, there's times where you're, you're unlucky mm. and there's times where you're, where you're lucky and you don't deserve it. But there's times where you've made your own luck and you deserve that bit of luck. And this was, this was one of those occasions. Um, yeah, look, I don't think he could act like he would have been happy with that performance at all. And, and like the build-up play for the deflections, you know, Mane just absolutely blitzing Matic, I think it was, for the for the second. Uh, Robertson making a fall of mm, Delot, maybe, if he hadn't been pulled already for the third. So it's not like yep. it was just we got a goal out of nothing. Like They had just been dominated in the build-up. and um, No, exactly. And um, they were just poor. I, I think that everything that everyone thought it might be, I think Gary Neville said after the game, like everything that happened was exactly what was talked about. But you just have this idea that, you know, it's it's United, it's Mourinho, you expect that they'll be able to come up with something. But they didn't. They just, there was no, they just sat back and hoped that they would be able to nick something. And they just got absolutely dominated. And from their side, from the men, from the United side of view, it's just not good enough. Um, but from a Liverpool point of view, it's just, asserts what we knew already which is it's a very good team it may not be good enough to win the league but it's a, it's a very good team this season no that's that's correct and it's a, a team when when you kind of when you're a neutral looking at this game there was only ever one result coming i mm. think liverpool and united fans or ex-players um maybe even professional pundits who may have media agendas to, to sell the games more um, than they than they are. Mm. Um, I think anyone else really didn't see how any possible way that this wouldn't result the result wouldn't be a Liverpool win. Mm. Um, just so much better. Like and well we, we are going to talk about Mourinho as a discussion topic. And I guess this I'll bring it up now because it's not really talking about Mourinho, but it's it's more the difference between the two teams here. Klopp's taken a relegated Hull defender, a relegated Newcastle um, midfielder, and a relegated Stoke midfielder, 
and turn them into either starters or, or very good squad players mm. in a team leading the way in Wijnaldum, Robertson and Shakiri. Why have United not signed those three players? Why have they signed Damian, uh, Fred, or and I don't know some well, and Alexis Delot. Sanchez? Even Delot. Even Delot. Well, no, Plus. I'm talking more in a in a in a like for like sense. They have yeah. signed you know fullbacks like Delot. Delot. You know he's very young, yeah. but they've signed Damian. Same age, I'm guessing, around the same age as Robertson. They signed Fred, didn't sign a player like Wijnaldum. And they've signed um, Alexis Sanchez mm. and weren't even considering Shakiri. Mm. So, and you, wonder, you know. And you wonder how Mourinho would react to them getting those signings. Like, he wouldn't even necessarily... Oh, he would have been... You know, he'd terrib- think, he would, yeah, he'd be he would have called out like them out they're, for... He'd be making out like they're second, their last choice on the list and they're not... His, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly like he did with kind of Eric Bay. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's footballers who are signed that are signed with scouting reports that you know they can do this, they can do that, and then six months later they don't do what the scouts had said they would. It's not because they're incapable; it's because they're either put into a system that's not working for them or an environment that's not working for them. Mm. Very rarely has someone spotted, has someone, a scout in a club signed someone completely incapable mm. of performances. Mm. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I just thought I that guess, was a, I thought that was a, just an interesting little side fact about, you know, had one of the world's most expensive midfielders on the bench. Um, you had, you know, their most expensive signing of the summer, not in the squad, and Delot and Damien. Um, well, doing what they do, while mm. Liverpool on the other side of it had picked up kind of relegation cheapies, mm. um, and they're doing the job. Yeah, and I just wanted to add in one final point that I'm actually starting to get a little. I, I don't know if I'm happy that everyone keeps on talking about City as the greatest team ever because it seems to reduce the pressure a little bit on Liverpool, but it does make me angry, particularly because I watched the NBC American version uh, of the game uh, completely legally of course um, <laughs> which is the, Amer- the American feed and all they talk about is uh, the points difference to City who are in second place so I don't know why that was quite as relevant uh, and City being the best. If the league ended tomorrow Liverpool would win and it's, I don't get why City, I get that City are brilliant and they are the best team but they're not the team in first and I don't get it's starting to make me a little bit annoyed, Justin, that Liverpool aren't getting the, the credit they seem to deserve as, at this stage, the best team in the league in terms of points. If the league ended tomorrow, they would win the league. Well, the league wouldn't end tomorrow because everyone hasn't played each other yet. So, oh, oh, yeah. Anyway, you, do you get my point? Like, it's yeah, strange. That yeah. I, I, I get it. City are it's winning every game. Like, still that City, yeah, it's expected still, I think, that mm. City will win the league. Um, which I think they'll, they'll still win the league. Yeah, I, I think um, so too. But but you can't discredit just, team uh, in first and just yeah, like not, yeah. they're not even there. I think it's yeah, I don't know. It's a weird maybe because we haven't had a like last season wasn't very close at all. Mm. I think the season before was not too close. Um, yeah, we just don't know. The media just don't. The commentators don't know 
how to react um, mm. when there's two relatively kind of even teams going at it. We haven't been used to that. And, yeah, I think they're just talking like, well, there's this team currently ahead of the team that's meant to be a long way in front. So mm. we'll still talk about them. Yeah. All right. That's, yeah, touche. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, all right, mate, that's it. That's, that's the games wrapped up this week. Um, Very so nice. Time to reflect on who was the footballing friend and footballing foe. You can, do you want to kick us off? Oh, yeah, I'll kick us off. Um, well, mine, mine are going to come out of the same game, basically. Um, okay. We're going to go football friend, uh, one Mr. Danny Ings, for his double against Arsenal. Um mm. For just, yeah, two-headed goals, um, capitalising on, like we said, a makeshift defence. And and just for him to, to kind of maybe be Hessenhaus, who, well, I'm not sure I pronounced that right, bit of a tongue tire for me, um, <laughs> but to be his man uh, up front. Mm. He was selected ahead of Shane Long and, and Charlie Austin and, and did the job, um, two very nice goals. Uh, so he's my football friend and... Football foe also out of the same games, uh, Bernd Leno. Mm. The goalkeeping performance for that uh, final goal basically cost Arsenal their winning streak, which, look, I've, I think I've mentioned before, it's a bit of a, a meaningless streak. They're, they were still down in fifth with that winning streak. Um, but mm. it, it's come to an end, and to more importantly, yeah, one point dropped in a, in a game that... I think they would have expected to get three out of. Mm, yeah, yeah, two points dropped. Um, yeah, no, good, good call. I mean, I, you know, I think you said earlier, used to blonde German goalkeepers not performing, so it's good to see <laughs> one do, doing the deed for a different team. So, good call. Uh, what about yourself, there, Sam? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, me so footballing friend uh, back to the well actually also both from the same game um, I've gone with Fabinho Fabinho for Liverpool as my footballing friend um, he was outstanding and I think it's the first game where he's really been able to stamp his authority and I think he was probably the man of the match for me um, outstanding uh, covering for our defence played in a delightful chip for Mane to score the first goal um, all round great performance so that was that was good, um, and footballing foe uh, one Jose Mourinho, which I think will you know is sort of explains itself as we've talked about before and leads us in nicely to our discussion topic. Yeah, that's correct, Sam. I was going to go with uh, Jordan Shakiri for my football friend, but mm. I just didn't want to make this a all Liverpool wank fest. So. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I was I was thinking of putting... Ex-Liverpool Danny Ng. <laughs> I was, yeah, was going to go with Delafeu as my footballing friend after his game for Watford. He was brilliant too. Yeah, yeah, not a bad shout. All right, Sam, let's do this. Let's go. Fight. What should we set? I'll set a timer. Uh, how long have we got? Five, five minutes? Yeah, five minutes. We'll give ourselves five minutes. On the special one. <laughs> Let's kick this off with you, Sam. Should I open then by saying that I'm very disappointed that Jose has gone from the Premier League probably forever, uh, unless he comes back, you know, for Crystal Palace when he's 70 years old, like <laughs> Roy Hodgson or something. But, ah, oh, I just... 
he when everything was wrong, wasn't it? Everything was wrong from the start. Yeah. Uh, well, I shouldn't actually say that. It seemed like everything was wrong from the start, but they did win a Europa League and a uh, Carling Cup. Uh, I guess it's probably not called that now. The Capital One Cup. Mm, Carabao um, Cup. Carabao <laughs> Cup. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, I, where do you think it went wrong? I mean, it was so many signposts for it, wasn't there? Yet? I, guess, I guess the more relevant question, where did it go right? <laughs> well, the Europa League win, I suppose, even though then they finished yeah. third. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a, a papering over some cracks of a pretty poor season, yeah. in all truth. Um, they really committed to the Europa League. Yeah, they had to um, give up on. They the weren't get, gave up on on fourth because they'd fallen that far behind. And I think a lot of the big six, if they really put their their hearts into winning the Thursday night and resting during the league games, any of them would win the Europa League. Mm. But I think every other team that's ever entered into it is still in the contention for top four and and still putting their eggs in that basket rather yeah. than going for the Europa all out. So well, it's all easy to say in hindsight, and they would have enjoyed it at the time, but I think, I don't know who they, they beat along the way there. Um, well, no one. Ajax in the final was a pretty poor Yeah, yeah. And have to win. It's, it's a case of, yeah, when they really went for that, anything less than winning it would have been... An embarrassment. And I think they, they had Zlatan that season as well, and he he kind of was made to well, he's not made to beat up on poor opposition, but he really can beat up on on poor opposition. If you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, so that I think worked worked in their favours there. But yeah, look, what are your thoughts? Maybe transfer wise, he's what's he done there? What's every single every single player to, I mean it's hard to know because every single player is poor uh, Fred's not even making starting lineups and I thought he was going to be a good signing this season he played so well for Shakhtar last year all of the other players you know you've got Marcia, uh, sorry not Marshall you've got Pogba winning a World Cup can't even make the team now you've got Lindelof and Lukaku both great at the World Cup terrible for United mm. um Every well, player or man's if, playing worse. I think, yeah, if you look at it, there's probably David De Gea and Ashley Young are the only two that have either that have not fallen out with him or been not given games when they should be given games or just dropped. Like even at someone like a Rashford, um, I'd say maybe Lingard in the, the De Gea Young category too, but the rest have all at some point been on the naughty step mm. or not played when, when you thought they should. Um, and, yeah, it's just non-stop. It's like, who's who's next? Who's he going to kind of pick on next yeah. and kind of have a disharmony around the squad? Um, you know, Luke Shaw's back in from it and Martial's back in from it. But now it's kind of like Sanchez, Pogba and Fred are there. Yeah. And I mean, I I don't think we have any disagreement here on the fact that this had to happen. United had to cut him. Hundred percent. Oh, and like I said, I think this was coming for a long time. Um, they you, needed a you result. Called, you called it. Where are we? December, August. You called it three months ago. No. Eight, yeah, I thought ago. I thought he'd maybe go around late October, early November. So he's 
slightly seen off a bit longer. But I, my second one was I said he would go before the January window. Mm. Um, but I think they've announced that Michael Carrick and Kieran McKenna are going to be the interims. So mm. it's not like they're going to actually do anything in the January window. I think they no. have just decided now's the now's the time to, to do it. Um and so beyond yeah. beyond Mourinho, then who who would you be bringing in if you were Ed Woodward? Uh, manager wise, yeah. I well, the fact that they're they're not bringing anyone for this season kind of makes me think it's two things. They've they've conceded the season, um, and two they've kind of got some. I'm thinking got someone lined up who can't work this season, which makes me think of Conte, who's maybe perhaps, staying out. Or perhaps someone who doesn't want to, you know, they don't want someone to have to try and firefight. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I think they've conceded the season. Um, yeah, absolutely. But it's always, if you've, if you've got someone lined up that you could get in right away, it's better getting them in and, and firefighting and, and bringing in a couple of players in January and, and seeing the squad for six months and then deciding in the summer what to do with them. Mm. I think um, if they don't have someone lined up for the summer, um, like a Conte, if they don't say to him, hey, it's it's yours then, if they leave it till July to start thinking who's on telling who they're going to have as manager, that person's going to come in and maybe spend four or five weeks to work out what to do with the squad. Mm. Um, so then next season becomes a bit of a, Ambition for the new manager. Um, just really odd. I find that they're not. Yeah, they're just going with interim for the for a season. I get it yeah. for this weekend, but yeah, yeah, I agree. It is strange for such a big you've got, club. You got Zidane and and Conte out of contract or no club, um, and you've got your Man United. Like surely mm. there's Zidane. Yeah, or you just go go for someone. We spoke about how much it would cost, and we we're going to talk about it today. Was manager transfers? Um, throw the money at a, a Pochettino or a mm. Ancelotti or or whoever to mm. Napoli. Um, but they haven't, yeah, seemed to even consider that option. Yeah. All right. Well, we could probably go on well, this all day. But I think our time yeah, is and up. I think that's that's our timer. Is is did. Did just go off in the background here. Um, so that, yeah, that look, sad to see him go because we, we he is he is our um, we are kind of Mourinho fans secretly, aren't awesome. we? The two awesome. of us. Yeah, I um, yeah, I've always kind of enjoyed his um antics and always kind of mm. hope for the best for him, but it just hasn't hasn't happened. No, yeah, it, I I wish him well and. Perhaps we can get him on as a third pundit on Football Friends if he needs some work. Yeah, look, he's he's got a lot of free time on his hands, so um, he just yeah pop on down on a Tuesday Monday night. Um, well, who knows? We will get his his Skype name, special one. Uh, hook up a call here. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate, it's time for you to earn your keep uh, as with everyone's weekly competition and multi. Yes, here we are, my friends. Uh, we didn't get the win last week. So, and look, I've been maybe a bit conservative, I think, with the uh, 
with the bets. So this week, I've gone big. Mm. Oh, that sounds tasty. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I've gone with seven-legger, which has winnings of $320. Ooh. And then I've gone with another one where I'm like, mm, one of those legs I'm just a bit uncertain on. So I took it out and done a six-leg version of it, which is $150 winnings. Okay. So all up, my friends, there is on the table here a hundred and well, let me do the maths here. This should have been a lot easier. One, <laughs> oh, I said over a hundred dollars, two hundred and ten dollars up for grabs for our football friends this week Tasty. across these two multis. So I've put the two multis on five bucks on each, and there's up to two hundred dollars. For our friends. That's huge. $210. So here it is. I will read it out. I only have to read out read it out once too because I'll just tell you which leg I have taken out of the other one. And I have gone back down the lower legs and done some studying this afternoon, Sam. <laughs> Good. Uh, Good and to hear. Here, here's where we will be kicking off. And you, if, for our listeners who have followed us on One Money with us before, we have – a few recurring names here. So you might think, oh, yep, yep, I see what he's done here. So we've gone <laughs> to the, ha- the Hatters, Luton Town. They're at home at uh, playing against Burton Albion. So we've gone them for the win. Um, Wickham Wanderers, we haven't probably touched them yet, but they're playing <laughs> AFC Wimbledon, who not, we have not against. No, we don't touch any Wickham Wanderers. Not George Powell. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we've, we've bet against Wimbledon before. They're, they're struggling, so that's where that one's come in. Um, we've got Charlton over Gillingham. So Charlton at home there. Uh, then we go to the championship, and we have Derby over Bristol City. Uh, and I was hoping you were uh, in Tauranga so I could – Announce this for your dad. We've got Stoke in the multi yes. this week yes. for your dad. Stoke over Millwall at home. Ooh. That's entered the multi this week. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Then we go up to the Premier League. We've got two legs there. Brighton over, I mean, Bournemouth over Brighton. So Brighton away have been pretty ordinary. Bournemouth need to snap out of this funk, so I'm going with Bournemouth to get the win there. And then here's the one where I've included it in one ver- one version of the bet and taken it out in the other because it is a bit of value. I've gone with Southampton away to get the win at Huddersfield. After getting their first win yeah. under the new manager, Huddersfield call. are pretty poor. Mm. I'm going with Southampton in this to get an away win. So those seven legs uh, are the big bet, and then the six-leg bet is just minus the Southampton. So, look, and if, if only the, um, if the Southampton leg fails, our football friend who wins this week still wins 75 bucks. So there's 210 up for grabs if both bets get up. If it's Southampton that lets the big bet down, you can still win seventy five bucks. Mate, they're brilliant. So, they're brilliant bits. Yeah, I I am very, very proud of myself with this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I um, am too. I am too. Yeah. 
I, I have a win win loss ratio as bad as Mourinho, but I'm still, <laughs> my job's not in depth in any jeopardy at all. I need one more win. Very secure. To be over the three eighty mark. So if we're still saying this come April, we might need to delete the, the sports better count <laughs> and I get the sack for next year. But there's a long time to go between then. Um, and so all you have to do to enter this competition is answer the quiz question, which how you do that, you answer it on Twitter. You just reply or retweet our new episode tweet, which will be hopefully going up tomorrow. Um, or you can comment on our Insta post, just the Insta post where, where Sam will let everyone know the new episode's dropped. Mm-hmm. And the question this week is, so with Mourinho getting the sack, uh, we're asking... Oops, I just dropped the microphone there. Um, who, what was the result of the game before he got sacked at Chelsea? So who, were the, who did he lose to before getting the sack there? What was the scoreline? And you answer that on either of our social feeds and you go into the running to win the prize this week. And we'll, we'll pick at random on Saturday uh, who the winner is and and notify you on that kind of social media platform that you've entered from. And there's a huge cash prize this week, so it's a big opportunity. It is, it is. We're uh, looking forward to hearing from you. Yes. All right, my man, well, that's us for another week. International Football Friends done. Well, it's been my pleasure, Sam. Me too. Uh, so I guess, I guess next week will be an all-New Zealand affair. Yes, it will be. All right, I'm looking forward to it, my friend. I'll talk Fantastic. to you then. Fantastic. All right, see you then, Sam. Bye, mate. Bye.